Ladies and gentlemen, we are officially in that sports dead zone that is July. It's that period right after hockey ends and the NBA ends where really all you have is baseball. Baseball staring back at you like the last girl at the party that you have a chance with. It's a, just an awful time to be alive. And my yearning for football gets stronger than ever. My God. I mean, I, I'm really hungry for football in June and May, but there is no time that I am hungrier than fucking July. What about you, fellas? You, you pumped? Yeah, it's big board season, right? I mean, all of us are obsessed with fantasy football. Um, this is when I, you know, buy the magazine, start looking at the ratings, start checking out uh, depth charts. I mean, this You're still is, a magazine uh, guy? Yeah, you still the buy the magazine. Yeah. Still absolutely <laughs> buy the magazine. At oh that, my by the time oh that information gets printed, it's already out of date. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Dude, I'm old I, school, gentlemen. Honestly, I'm old school. I, I, I kind of want to buy a magazine just to see if the serotonin hits like it did when I was 17. Because I do, <laughs> I do remember like 17 years old getting on a plane, buying a magazine. Oh, dude, fantasy magazine. I could just dive into that shit and just do nothing but read that magazine the whole time. I have a flight to Frankfurt, Germany on Monday. So, you know, and I'm not watching nine million movies. I need something. <laughs> yeah, how long that flight run you? Uh, not short. I'll, I'll have to look. You know, planes well, have the internet these days, right? <laughs> it's, the, it's, the la- it's the last month without football, at least. Yes. Right, exactly, exactly. So it's preview time, right, guys? Isn't that what we're doing? We're, uh, we're starting with uh, the worst division, the new NFC East. Um, the NFC South, right in your neighborhood. Yep. So if you've been listening to us for a while, uh, this is the time of year that we switch into NFL mode. We, for all intents and purposes, we are an NFL page. We're an NFL podcast more than anything. Uh, it's what we're all passionate about. And today we're talking the NFC South. How did we land on this NFC South? Quite frankly, we literally just added up all the projected wins for every division. And we're starting at the bottom. So let's just start there with the NFC South. Uh, true or false? AFC South is the worst division in football. Not close AFC in my NFC? mind. And NFC, yeah. I mean, I think this division, if you just look at the quarterbacks, you know, Tom's got to do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, you know, even with newly acquired Baker, I mean, you guys know my feelings on Jameis. Marcus Mariota is not an NFL. I don't think. I don't think they really. There's one starting caliber NFL quarterback in this division, and it's. And it's Tom Brady. I mean, he happens to be the GOAT, but uh, this division's bad. Well, I think well, what I can mean, bring it together, though, is defense for sure. I think the Saints have an underrated defense that's going to help carry that team. And I think they might be a little bit more run-focused and hopefully some drop-down passes for Jameis for their sake, not for the Bucks' sake. Um, but they can do some big things there for sure because they've got some good guys off the edge and definitely set in the secondary. Defense, shmee fans. Yeah, it's 2022. Let's air the ball out. <laughs> Who wins Super Bowls, man? Not- you got to have the edge rush, dude. You mm-hmm. got to have the defense. That's what's winning Super Bowls. To call Jameis not an NFL starter and capable quarterback, like there's 32 of these guys, right? There's 32 NFL starters. He's definitely one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the world. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. The, the conversation is already getting juicy, so... <laughs> Today, we're talking about the (laughs) NFC South, and the way we're going to do this is we're going to break it down. What does Vegas think about the NFC South? What has happened in the NFC South? Something fucking huge happened today, Uh, or maybe not that big at all, depending on what you think about the guy. 
Um, and then we're going to break down the division also from a fantasy perspective. So who are the guys to own in this division? The way we're going to start this out, uh, we are a Tampa podcast. We're going to start it out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Super Bowl winners, obviously, just two years ago. Uh, big changes to this team over the offseason, uh, and we'll get into that in one second. But what does Vegas think about this team? Vegas has them at 11 and a half wins at the top of it atop the division. So that's why we're starting there. Uh, Newman, do you want to give us kind of a, maybe a little bit of a breakdown of what has changed for the Bucks over the off season? So, I mean, obviously the biggest uh, difference is that Bruce Arians is gone, right? Todd Bowles is now the head coach. Byron Leftwich is this exclusive play caller. Um, even though you know, he was calling plays before, I'm sure Arians had input in what was going on with the system. Uh, you lose uh, Gronk, no more Antonio Brown. You lose O.J. Howard. Those guys are all gone. On the offensive line, you lose both guards, Alex Kappa and, and Ali Marpet. Um, but you replace those with Shaq Mason from the Patriots. Uh, Aaron Stinney, who did get some run with the Bucs the past couple years as a starter, uh, including the Super Bowl, and then some draft picks. Uh, and then on defense, you have to replace Indomitian Sue. Uh, they did that with Akeem Hicks. They lose JPP. They don't really have a replacement there. The expectation is that Joe Tryon, Sharinka is going to step up and fill, play more. And then they did bring in Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal to help in the linebackers slash safety slash corner. Kurt, uh, you're really high on Joe Tryon, though, aren't you? I mean, he's hot off the edge. I think he flashed uh, certainly for us as a rookie and, and definitely moving in there. So when he gets a higher snap count, I'd definitely be interested to see what he can do because guys at his size – with his speed, and if you see his dip, he's got a really good low shoulder dip on the outside and good hand movement to slap down that tackle. Uh, he's, he's made some big splashes, and I'm excited to see him get more snaps for sure for the Bucks. Uh, and the defense, like Newman said, Keanu Neal, a uh, big addition for the secondary, adding depth there. Uh, being able to bring Carlton Davis back was huge at the cornerback position. Um, so I think we've got a big thing going for the Bucks and defensive end. And a little I think you guys got to have the deepest <laughs> – deepest secondary in the entire league i mean your backups are starters i mean it's 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 pretty impressive what what stood out is i mean obviously everyone knows uh what your what your front seven has done the past couple seasons but you know i kind of always just kind of thought of tampa bay as their secondary was their weakness but again i mean Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal. i mean even ross cockrell is serviceable in in some defenses and they're all you know projected to be backup so i mean yeah you guys are pretty loaded on on defense yeah realistically this team if i mean vegas has them at 11 and a half wins if they you know avoid major catastrophic injury uh they're they're winning 12 to 13 easily yeah so i I do think it's interesting this time last year when we did the preview last year for the nfc south the the vegas was super bullish on the bucks 13 wins Mm -hmm. um according to vegas insider at this time last year uh so what do you think has happened because because I always have to approach things from two different perspectives. What do I think? What does Vegas think? <laughs> because whatever I think, it doesn't fucking matter because Vegas knows more than me. So, like, what is Vegas What is Vegas seeing that they don't like about the Bucks compared to last year? Give me some, give me some negatives. I think well, they probably think the schedule is harder. <laughs> Grunk, is, Grunk, is, Grunk is freaking huge. He like, sways yeah. Vegas major without Gronk. I, I think that swings wins right there. All right Half the win bat. at no least Gronk, just for Gronk. No yeah. Just just that alone. But me personally, myself, I think Gronk's just sitting out the offseason 
forget all the mandatory stuff, and he, I believe that he'll come back to the Bucks. We, we talked about that last week. We all think he's coming back, but yeah, it's it's the grunk. grunk I mean, listen, the guy's like one of the most prolific uh, receiving tight ends of all time, the greatest blocking tight end of all time. I, I truly believe that. So uh, that's a huge freaking loss, especially for an offensive line that has, for all intents and purposes, lost more pieces than they've gained this offseason. Uh, it could be huge for the blocking scheme. So that is, are, what should we worry about there? Well, you could argue there, but we do. We did add Shaq Mason from the Patriots, and if he replicates anything he did with the Pats, then that's a great fill at right guard for the Bucks. Certainly, uh, we went hard in the draft on tight ends too, and a H back, and you still have Cameron Braid at tight end. And then if you are able to get Gronk back in the mix, uh, I think we're solidified there. I'm not really worried about that. I thought that inside guard depth with Shaq Mason was huge. I think it's got to be outside weapons. Um, I mean, you lose AB, that that was huge. Um, again, Godwin coming off injury. We all know um, Tom Brady is pretty unique on his wide receivers. You don't know what you're getting with Russell Gage. And I think our thoughts, uh, at least Drew's thoughts on Mike Evans, uh, have been widely known. I think Kurt, uh, Kurt and I might disagree with him a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think, I think outside uh, – Outside weapons and then big play weapons. I mean, they, like, who is their big play guy? I mean, um, you know, I think they lack a bit of explosiveness. Uh, Newman, am I right on that? Like, who's busting a 75, 80 yard touchdown on, on this offense? We saw Lenny on the treadmill the other day. I mean, day. that's, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty fair, uh, just to question, you know, who the explosiveness is going to come from. They're still going to be able to hit some downfield passing with at Mike Evans he's just really big body. Um, so that'll be there. I do think Russell Gage gives you every bit of production that Antonio Brown gave you last year. Wolf. Um, hard hard no, disagree. Dude, that is horrible. That is horrible. You're comparing a replaceable I, I'm not guy to you, a Hall of I'm Famer. not saying he's not going to do it over more games, but he's going to give you the, that production for sure. Um, he adds the, the skill and the security. Not, it's optimistic. The question is whether or not... He, I mean... What did Antonio Brown do last year? You're telling me Russell Gage can't do that? I yeah, but you have to can. plan around um, Antonio Brown. You're not planning around Russell Gage. Antonio Brown's sure. pulling attention. I personally Russell think Gage isn't pulling attention. I personally think you guys lost to the Rams last year because you lost into a a, a threat like Antonio Brown in the postseason. Um, yeah. oh, I, losing yeah, Antonio Brown have, completely derailed the offense. Yeah, for certain. We also did not have Chris Godwin for that game, if you recall. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there is hope that he will be healthy at least sometime by the middle of the season. There, um, but the I mean, the Bucks' schedule is not easy, especially the first four games. They, I mean, you could take two, three losses right there. Whoa, 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 okay, okay. So, <clears throat> you're right. Cowboys, so I don't think Saints are any good. We're going to get into it. Packers, I don't think are any good. Um, but, yeah, I'll give you Cowboys Chiefs. Um, but Vegas has Tampa Bay as a 17-0, at least in favorites. They're favorites in every single game. Now, they do, you know, they are minus one, minus two, minus two and a half, minus three. Um, you know, so, I mean, they're, they're not huge favorites. But Vegas, like... If Vegas got a pick, who their record would be seventeen. Wow, and Newman. So. that's an, that's that's a very interesting stat, Brandon. That I did not see. That's that's yeah, to me. That, go to the go to the ESPN uh, app and just pull up their schedule and scroll through. They're a favorite in every single game. 
That's wild. Uh, they, I, I, for, for me, I've looked it over. I think the Bucks have the hardest yeah, schedule think, in the entire NFL. I actually don't even think it's close. Um, and so I, I, I think that's the hardest thing. I think that's what Vegas is looking at, truly, when, when they when they discount this one and a half wins compared to last year. Because like you guys are saying, I actually don't think the Bucks have lost a crazy amount. Um, and they still have the GOAT. Uh, who I think will be playing at the highest level he's ever played at at 45, which is mind-blowing. But I think when you look at what Vegas is discounting, I really think it has to do with their schedule, which is monstrous. It's terrifying. The one thing that buoys their schedule is the fact that they are in this division. True. Um, so that does help a lot. Uh, but outside the division, that the, the schedule is not necessarily easy. The AFC North is, you know, one of their uh, divisions that they're playing. So that's, you know, one of the stronger divisions in the NFL. I mean, two um, and two, right? And then, two and two, you could consider that a win against the AFC North. I suppose. Considering you, <laughs> yeah, you, have, to go, you have to go on um, the road, and then, you have to go on the road to Pittsburgh, and you have to go on the road, well, I guess you're the Browns. Who's quarterbacking for Pittsburgh? Uh, Maserati <laughs> Mitch, bro. Maserati <laughs> Mitch. <clears throat> um, okay, well, you just made my case then for the victory but, there. But <laughs> I mean, the whole division is going to draw all the same opponents. So they they draw the AFC North and the NFC West, which are probably the two hardest divisions, right? Uh, in all of in all of football. So I mean, for that part portion of the schedule, it's not easy. And then the Bucks get the extra game against the Chiefs. I mean, they really, you know, that's that's a nice little favor that they get for their uh, their extra game there. But the rest of the division also has to face an AFC West team. So. Yeah, that's, that's that's a real kick in the sack. That extra Chiefs game. Uh, as a Bucks season ticket holder, I can say I fucking love that extra Chiefs game. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I think we sold those for seven hundred bucks a pop. But, five uh, prime time games. Nice. Five prime time <clears throat> games. That's a lot of late nights. It's a I, lot of late nights. I wonder if any get flexed in too. I bet they do. So let's hear. Yeah, I definitely yeah. are going to be flexed. So. Eleven and a half projected. Well, let, me, let me just ask this: Does is, is anyone think the Bucks won't win the division? I assume not. This because this is an educated podcast. I assume not. Uh, who, who's taking the under on eleven and a half? Is nope. No, it, I have them at twelve and five. Nope. Um, <laughs> twelve. That's, and- I, I, yeah. I wanted to go 13, but then then I did drop him down. But, yeah, I have him at 12 and 5. Same. I also have him at yeah, 12 take, and 5. I think it's great. Take the over for sure. What, what do you got him at, Kurt? Yeah. I, I, I got him at 13 wins. Okay. Newman? Yeah. I have him, you know, 12, 13. I uh, give him a toss up here or there. All right. Yeah, pick, a, pick, a, pick a win total, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, last year I remember if 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 I recall correctly, I'm Newman, taking the O regardless. Newman during our division previews, he would he was throwing out like I think they're gonna have twelve point three wins, and we'd be like, well, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Newman's got this formula that he he has it too. Um, it's it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're getting five, six, possibly six wins in this division. Um. It's uh, it's hard to. <laughs> All right, so we lost. New- <laughs> All right, back. Okay, we got him back. So, 
we, we, we've talked about what we think the Bucks are going to do. It, since we think they're obviously going to make the playoffs, um, how far can this team go in the playoffs? In a bad NFC, I think they can they can go all the way to the Super Bowl. Certainly, you can't. It's them or the Rams, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I think every. I think the Packers are are cut below. Um, I think uh, anyone from the NFC is is a or NFC East is a cut below. Um, yeah, in, in my mind, it's it's the Rams and and the Bucks and then everybody else. I, I agree with you for sure. But when you got Brady behind the helm, you got to know that it's going to be. Uh, definitely some a possibility to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, look at the guy's career, and he's no signs of slowing down. You know, the Max Keller, I mean, he's falling off a cliff. He's falling off a cliff. How long we've we been talking about this? You know, the guy's not going to fall off. He'll ride off into the sunset, whether it's with a Super Bowl or not. A victory, I know he'll at least be there knocking on the door for sure. He's, a, he's flying off that cliff, double birding everyone <laughs> behind him. 100%. Interesting, interestingly enough, uh, the, the Vegas has Rams at 10 and a half. And only the Packers to tie the Bucks at eleven and a half, and I think I think the the Vegas is over bullish on the Packers, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, but let's move on uh, to to maybe the most interesting team in the division, uh, a team that Vegas does not like that much. I actually really really like in this division, uh, the New Orleans Saints, projected at seven and a half wins. Uh, Let's talk about them, folks. Uh, anyone want to give us possibly a rundown of, of the big changes that have happened to this uh, to this team? Newman? I mean, this, this is another team that's obviously replacing their head coach. So Sean Payton leaves. Uh, they turn to their defensive coordinator once again in um, Allen. <clears throat> Potentially, you get a full year of Jameis. Uh, Alvin Kamara might be having a suspension. Uh, there's a rumor of six games, which is kind of scary for this team. Uh, and then you bring in a guy like Jarvis Landry and you draft Chris Olave to actually give you some weapons outside and help out so that it's not just him throwing to Marquez Calloway and uh, Traquan Smith and uh, yeah, that, that, that allotment. Um, you also lose Teron Armstead to uh, the Dolphins, which I think is a big loss. Uh, they replaced him with Trevor Penning, who uh, some people had as a first-round tackle, but this guy, is a, he's a vicious player, but he's very raw. So I don't think that that's obviously, a, a, you know, he's not just going to stand in there and, and be able to produce that production that you got out of um, Armstead. Uh, at safety, you lose Malcolm Jenkins, you lose Marcus Williams, you replace those guys with the Honey Badger and Marcus May, who's coming off injury. Um, I think this defensive line is still pretty good. The linebackers are solid. They do lose Quan Alexander, but... He was kind of a rotational player for him. My biggest question defensively is who the hell is going to play opposite of Marshawn Lattimore? Because their corner depth is not good. No. Daniel, I mean, now Daniel Sorensen's a safety, but yeah, I mean, you look at Bradley Roby, PJ Williams, not good. I mean, we just we just talked about a very strong secondary. Um, I mean, how much I mean, talk about falling off a cliff. Man, how, how many more years does Tyron Matthew have? Uh, I know, Drew, you're bullish on, on this team. No Kamara, so you're starting Mark Ingram. Um, you have no idea what you're getting from M Michael Thomas or if he's even going to play week one. Um, you're, you're banking a lot. I mean, rookie ride receivers, some have been good, some have been really bad. You don't know what you're going to get from Chris Olave. Obviously, the, the league kind of showed what they thought of Jarvis Landry. He hung out there forever, and nobody, nobody really wanted him. Um, so I, I don't know... 
really how they're going to move the ball, and I don't think they're winning 10-7 games. I'm not sure how this team wins games Um, because Jameis can't do it by himself. He'll put you in a losing situation sometime in the fourth in the four quarters. So I'm just not sure how this team wins. Yeah, the biggest concern to me on the team was the change of Sean Payton. I mean, how do you replace a guy like that, a system like that? I don't think you do. And if for a guy like Jameis, I definitely think that's a detriment to his season just to start off. Uh, having to learn new systems over and over again. He did it in Tampa Bay when we had a coaching carousel there, get shipped out. He finally is getting to sit down with Drew Brees at the helm, learn the system, get things together. And he was having a good year last year before he went out on injury. So you can't deny what the guy was producing at the time. You know, you can do what about isms for the rest of the season. Who knows? Maybe he throws 20 picks. Who knows? Maybe he throws 20 touchdowns. But the fact is the guy was producing. And when I look at their offense and I see their weapons players, especially Chris Olave, I I disagree with you when you're talking about rookie wide receivers. I think we see output, especially last year, too, uh, with a lot of the rookies. It it came out big. You look at guys like Jamar Chase uh, just for I know he might be a special case, but there's definitely a lot of receivers otherwise putting up big numbers. And I think that could be a guy for Jameis to go to, especially if Michael Thomas comes back. You have uh, Jarvis Landry, who's a reception maniac, especially on two-yard slants, screens, and talk about a guy who blocks downfield and can help your team. I think they're stacked up there, but the big concern for me is definitely coaching. Who's going to replace that? How is Jameis going to respond without Sean Payton? Yeah, I, dude, I, I agree with Kurt wholeheartedly. Uh, the, my only concern with this team is coaching. What is the dynamic shift? Because all these you know, changes to their roster – you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, losing Armstead on their line. Listen to this offensive line that they still have. They draft Trevor Penning, first round, 22nd pick overall. Assuming he can just be a decent starter, listen to the rest of this line. The left line, their left guard is Andrews Pete, drafted in the first round, 15th overall pick. Their center, Eric yeah. McCoy, second round pick, uh, 19th in the second round. Their right guard, Cesar Ruiz, first-round pick, 20th overall. Ryan Ramzik, of course, one of the best tackles in the entire league, first-round pick, 17th overall. This is still a ridiculously solid line. Their defensive line is still one of the best in the game. Um, When I say defensive line, they're they're front seven. This team, in terms of potential, like Mm -hmm. if if you told me Bill Belichick could – coach this team, I'd be like, holy shit, this is a 13-win team. My problem is their head coach, who last time, what, what's his name? Dennis Dennis Allen. I, I can't even remember his fucking name. Yep, Dennis Allen. I think it was a questionable hire for them. Uh, this is a guy who last time he coached, was a head coach for the Raiders, he fell flat on his face. Now, he has had recent successes uh, when Sean Payton, you know, was, was off with COVID. He... Coached a hell of a game last year. Um, I I just wonder, though, you know, what that shift is going to be. Because before Sean Payton arrived with the Saints, what were the Saints? They were the Aints for decades. Really bad. Yeah. Really, really, his, really a bad. A history of, of, yeah. And I, I'm wondering what type of collapse happens. And the only thing I worry about with this team, it's not from a personnel standpoint. It's, it's purely from a coaching standpoint. Like, what does Dennis Allen bring to the table Maybe he has changed, but maybe he's the same guy that got fired from the Raiders years ago. Um, that's my biggest. I, I, I totally agree with Kurt. I don't agree. With, I don't 
worry about any of the players on this team. I worry about the coaching. So here, here was, again, this was four weeks ago, um, but Michael Thomas is going to be doubtful uh, for the start of training camp. Really? And, and Dennis Allen has what, said, so, I'd much rather him be 100% out, out here and healthy. What is he still battling with? Things. What is he still battling with? So he's he's busting his tail, as you like to point out those fun fun headlines. Michael Thomas is busting his tail. So I'm just saying, you're going into the season potentially without Michael Thomas, with no tight end, without no Kamara, and you're relying on old man Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave and turnover machine Jameis Winston. That's your offense. Yeah, that's your offense. Yeah. I agree. It's 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 scary. I so thing. Um. Vegas has them at that what seven and a half wins. Seven and a half. They were not football team last. They were a nine and eight football team last year. Um, their extra game is the Raiders. We talked about their schedule, you know, issues that they'll have uh, outside of the division. But this division still has you know two pretty bad teams in it. Uh, they very easily could go four and zero within the division. They're, I mean, do you think they're a better team than the Raiders? I probably do. Um, so that's, you know, five wins right there. And then you just got to find a couple more wins here and you're pushing over that seven. I still think that this team finishes above the seven win, uh, seven and a half win mark. Um, especially, you know, maybe Kamara comes back after those games and is fresh and goes off and has a dominant season the rest of the year. Certainly possible. And, you know, if they can find a way to make it to the playoffs, they're a little bit dangerous. About making the playoffs. So, so uh, Brandon, you you seem to hate the Saints. You have them under seven and a half. I have them at six and eleven. Ooh, ooh, I dude, any amount of money you want to put on that, I'll take the over on that. Any amount of money you want on the put seven on and that. a half or the oh, six on the six. <laughs> Literally any amount of money you want to put on that, I guarantee yeah. you they win at least eight games. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Drew. I put them at eight. I would put them at eight games for sure. I mean, just because of the fact they got the red rocket behind old Jameis. So if he goes down, the red rocket can at least get you close to 500. Say what you will about the guy, but he can do that, especially with that offensive line there and a guy who can get through a system. So if Jameis does tank for whatever reason is the turnover machine, I promise you it won't take that new head coach long to pull the stick on him and put Andy Dalton in there. And the guy can win you about 500 about every season for See, sure. That's a great so that, point. That, that I don't worry about him. I think Andy Dalton increases their floor significantly. Don't don't. I mean, you got to at least he's give him that. Like top t- top yeah. tier backup, and you could say he's right on the cusp of the thirty third or maybe thirty fifth best quarterback in the world. You know, like that's so, what you could argue for him. He's right on the cusp of that brink. When he was with the Bengals, they won games in the toughest division in football. Like the guy took him to the playoffs. It wasn't like he was some dog. I mean, obviously he's not the superstar that you want, but that's a guy who I think. You could win a Super Bowl with if you have a team around him. One of those Trent Dilfers, one of those Brad Johnsons, one of those guys that gets on a team that could manage it for it. I'm not saying it's the Saints, but what I'm getting at is he's good enough to plug and play right behind Jameis, and you're not worried about that. That that guy, you know what you're getting. He's Wonder Bread. You know what's happening. So yeah. I just got done, you know, reading off, and again, Vegas isn't everything. They are a lot, but they aren't everything. I just said that the Tampa is favored in all 17 games. Do you guys have a guess for how many games the Saints are favored in? I mean, seven. Seven. Yeah, so seven and ten. That's <laughs> well, yeah, they, 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 have them, they have them an underdog in ten games. So seven and ten. I think me saying six and eleven ain't that much of a stretch. I think the Bucks being favored in 17 games is also an insane stretch. 
Uh, pro- projections at this point, I don't really buy that much into. Um, but yeah, I, I see your point though, for sure. Well, it's almost like you tag in an automatic loss there for every team with the new season and how long it is. Who's in the yep. playoffs? Who's sitting players? Who's who's dogging it at the end? Who's tanking yeah. for a better draft pick? I think with that lo- elongated season, yeah, I put more money in the owners' pockets in the NFL, but are you overall getting really good output? Maybe in one game, maybe you have a playoff plug-in play, but a lot of those teams are really just sitting out their guys, and that's what in fantasy, why you try to schedule the end in your league a little bit early so you're not getting screwed over at the end with a guy sitting on the bench, one of your best players. So just, just real point. quick, last thing, on the, last thing on the Saints, do you like the Saints or the Eagles more? I like the Saints roster-wise. I love the Saints way more. Uh, now, now team wise and, and actually going to pull it off. I'd go for the Eagles all day long. It's yeah, just, I think the Eagles are a better, I think the Eagles have a better chance of making the playoffs. Well, as it turns out, the Eagles actually have a really good coaching staff. So that's what I don't know about the saints. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to juggle my thoughts about the saints. I'm telling you that I love their roster, but I'm really confused about their coaching staff and what they're going to output. So there, there's a lot of unknowns and, and I think teams with new coaching staffs, you have to throw away everything you think that they could possibly do. Because like I said, Bill Belichick's coaching this roster, even like, you know, even like Mike McCarthy coaching this roster, I'd feel good about not, okay. not, not Dennis, Dennis Allen. Allen. So I got another, the, uh, the Saints or the Vikings. So I'm just going through, because I have the Saints being the second best team. So I'm putting them up against other second place teams. So we have the Eagles over them. I think you guys would all say the Vikings are better than the Saints. Roster wise? I don't think so. Yeah. Team okay, team wise, not not wrong. But what you think that like, you think the the Vikings are are the Vikings a better team than the Saints with their coaching staff? One hundred percent, yes. Okay, what what about Arizona? Because I think Arizona is the second best team in the NFC West. I'd take yep. Arizona <clears throat> over uh, over the Saints. I'd agree with that. So there we go. All second place I'd, teams are oh, better like the than the Saints. I mean, we, we're talking about the NFC South, the worst division in football. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I just think the Saints are, are intriguing, and their biggest wild card is going to be coaching. If the coaching is just adequate, I think this team could be really good. That's all I'm saying. So, you? Brandon, you have them at under. Newman? Seven and a half wins. Over under. I have them over. Over? Kurt, you have them over? Over. I have them over. I also have them over. <laughs> Who has them making the playoffs? I do. I don't. Oh, I think they just miss. I think that I think they will make the playoffs, and uh, I think it's certainly possible. But I don't have them currently. Anymore. I just think this trash NFC is <laughs> so bad, fellas. I I I, re- I really do. Um, and I think some teams that some people think might be really good, like the San Francisco. If Trey Lance is starting for the San Francisco Forty ers like who knows what that team is going to put out. I think this conference could be historically bad, and I think teams like the Saints with really good trenches, I don't know. I think they could be good. Yeah, I think it's got Tom Brady licking his chops. <laughs> For <laughs> See, sure. I know what he's going up against. Well, if, if, if anybody knows about the Saints, it's Tom Brady. And if anyone wants to beat the Saints, it's Tom Brady because he hasn't in four contests. No. Yeah, he's one uh Owen with Owen four. Or no, I'm sorry, not Owen four. What am I talking about? I think in, that the, reg- was- in the regular season. He's lost four <laughs> of the last five total. Hmm. Drew Brees is the only quarterback 
that he doesn't have a winning record against. It's crazy. And you know that kills him. Oh, that yeah. has absolutely got to kill him. For sure. <laughs> For sure. All right, guys. Uh, let's move it on. Uh, and you know what? Let's uh, let's move it on to the Panthers and to the news of the week with the Baker Mayfield trade. So we'll just go ahead and start there. Um, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is traded for a fifth the, round pick for, for a fifth. Yeah, okay. So let's let let's 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 start for with a fifth round pick and yeah, and the Browns didn't ten and a half. Like, I mean, I would take Baker and for a fifth and ten million dollars. Like, but but does like, it make him better? That's a good. But does it make him that much better? No, <laughs> unfortunately, it doesn't really doesn't really change him that much. It's actually a, a weird move for them because this is a team that. You could arguably say maybe we tank and try to get one of these elite quarterbacks that are potentially coming out next year, um, but nope. Well, and here's a team in a quarterback room with guys where they had said Sam Darnold was seeing ghost. You got Baker Mayfield getting ran out of freaking Cleveland for uh, uh, allegedly a sexual uh, assailant, and he gets kicked out of there, and you put him in that quarterback room. I think that's a, that's a weird deal, especially with Matt Rule, who's a coach on the hot seat who they could be kicking out of town. I just think that's going to be a, a crazy environment for the Carolina Panthers this year, and, and one that's going to lead them to just going through Chris, Christian McCaffrey until his knees explode again. So I, I'm wondering how much Matt Rule had to play in this, because this screams Matt Rule oh, yeah. trying to save his life, right? So I wonder, I don't know the dynamics. I'm not going to try to sit here and be like, I know the GM and coach dynamic of the Carolina Panthers uh, uh, executive room. No, I don't know. But this screams of desperation, right? Like this screams of we're going to, we know we have no quarterback and he's probably the best available. Sorry, Jimmy G. Um, So, I mean, again, great deal for Carolina, but it's a marginal gain at best. And this team's going to be real bad. Like, yeah, really bad. So, So I have a question for you guys. Hypothetically, let's say you're Carolina and uh, you're going into year two of Justin Fields at your helm. Do you think that Matt rules on the hot seat? No, no, because you have your quarterback of the future. Yeah, I would say no. So, I mean, such a bad decision on their part to go ahead and trade the assets, go get Darnold, and then not bother taking a quarterback. Do you really think J.C. Horn's going to save your job, Matt Rule? But if Justin Fields was your quarterback, you'd probably be okay. You wouldn't have to do this. Um, so, I, I mean, every- I was high on Fields big time, and I was surprised that when Atlanta passed on Justin Fields, and you know, but Pitts ended up turning out for them at least year one. But I was surprised to see Fields go past both of those teams, honestly, and was happy to see him coast out of the NFC South. And as, now Fields is on the worst team in football. Poor as, Justin Fields. As terrible as I think Matt Rule is, and I think he might be possibly the worst coach. I don't really know. I, I know that might be hyperbole for a lot of people, but he, he, the way he dresses to show up for an NFL game is like how I dress to go get a beef and cheddar at Arby's. The guy just, <laughs> he does not dress the part. He does not look the part. There's nothing about this guy that seems the part. Uh, in every move that they've made since he's been there, it's just been awful. Think about, think one thing that nobody really talks about is a Gilmore trade last year. How bad was that trade? Barely even played, did nothing for the team. Didn't they trade a first rounder for him, or at least a, I think it was a first rounder. I think a second. 
I think a second. I don't think it was a first. But <clears throat> some, somebody, uh, it was Matt Sharp or is it Matt Sharp on Twitter? He, he said today the Panthers. No, War, Warren, Warren Sharp. Warren Sharp said that the Panthers really traded away his second, third, fourth, fourth, fifth, and sixth round pick to assemble a quarterback room of Sam Darnold, ba- Baker Mayfield, and Matt Cr- <laughs> And I actually, I, I, I surprisingly, in, in, in the context of the quarterbacks that were drafted last year, I kind of like Matt Corral. I, I at least think he's intriguing. That's all I'm saying. I don't think yeah. he's going to be anything special. I think he's got an I interesting he, I upside. think he is Baker Mayfield, which is the hilarious yeah. thing. I, mean, I think he literally is Baker yeah. Mayfield. Yep. Um, don't, don't put down PJ Walker either, XFL legend. He's going to be cut. I'm Google imaging <laughs> Matt Rule right now, and he, every picture looks like he just woke up from a bender. Yeah, for like, sure. He, he, just looked, he looks like he just woke up. His hair is disheveled. His ba- beard looks awful he mm-hmm. wears like it's either way too tight or way too baggy like it's never like nice fitting clothes dude brandon you know i didn't he, realize this dude I, I i didn't i didn't realize this until you said something you know who if he you're looks, listening google image matt rule it will make your day this for sure hilarious. you know who he looks like he looks like the dad that shows up to your college tailgate with your friends who's just a little too into the tailgate you know what I'm saying? Like the, the guy, he, he he like shows up. We all, me and Newman went to FSU. Like he shows up in the FSU shirt, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's Steve's dad." And then all of a sudden, you realize, like, "Oh, Steve's dad has cocaine." Oh, whoa, Steve's dad came to fucking party. Um, he's you like Mike McCarthy's uh, like brother who just never gets out of like always partied instead of uh going to going to school <laughs> yep he, he looks yeah. terrible he's a trash human i, can't I did not stop know this. looking at that five ten head how oh my gosh dude that and he's always sweating like he's hung over runway that is crazy Wait, coach at baylor right yeah. uh yes yeah. he was at baylor and before that he was at temple it was always a questionable hire, especially I think that what are the, what is his contract like ten years or something like that? It's insane. Huge. He was touted as the next big college guy, you know, coming out, and they paid him big money. It's crazy. He's gonna walk away multi millionaire, and then he's gonna get hired by a college and go get more multi million and double dip, just like so, all these guys do now. You got a question about is Probably. Carolina? How bad of a franchise is Carolina? Like, I feel like they kind of lucked into Cam Newton being as good as he was for a stretch. Other than that, I think Carolina's a bad organization. For sure, but that's why they got the, they sold the team. They got a new owner now, if I'm not mistaken. What year they sold the team? Was it two years ago? Yeah. And, and he's dumping money into Something the team. Like I think you will see a change in Carolina for sure. The guy is not afraid to spend money. He's ready to do it. Uh, so I, I expect to see a definite turn at the franchise. But when you get stuck with a family who doesn't give a damn, it's similar to the Bengals situation with the Brown family. Dude, they just used the Bengals as a business, unfortunately. They were lucky to get to that Super Bowl. But any Bengals fan in Cincinnati will tell you they do just enough to get by and makes maximum profit off of that team. And it's a shame when it happens. But Carolina's going to have a change there with that new owner for sure. I mean, they, they've they've yeah. honestly been a decently successful franchise for a franchise that was an upstart franchise that began in the 90s. Um, without An- Adam Vinatieri, we might be talking about a Super Bowl win in, in the early 2000s. Like Jake uh, Del Home, yeah, my and, homie. And dude, I always think about the Cam Newton Super Bowl. Like 
that was one of the grossest Super Bowls I think I've ever seen just in terms of football play. Like, it was just so fucking ugly. Like, if one thing, like, if if, if Von Miller doesn't come around the edge at just the right time, you know, and on, on one of these plays and strips Cam Newton, like, what, what happens in that Super Bowl? That was just, like, who wanted it least? They're actually, I think they're actually a decent franchise, and I travel to Carol or Charlotte a lot for work. Um, they love their fucking Panthers. The, both the Carolinas, North yeah. and South Carolina, they like they fucking love their Panthers. I think it's actually a decent franchise that consistently makes bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, they, they multiple runs. They've had some other good, successful teams with like Collins and stuff, um, but. This I don't know that this team is necessarily ready to leap anytime here soon. Um, last year they went into the off season or they went into the season with Cam Irving as their left tackle, and I called it out here right on here right on our preview and said there's no there's no reason for Cam Irving to be your left tackle uh, for an NFL franchise. I'm sorry, uh, and that that led to them being awful. They do rectify that a little bit this year. They draft Iki Aquano with their first round pick, but this is a rookie. I mean, how how good can you expect him to be? you know, playing the most critical position. Um, and then outside of that, offensively, there's not a lot of changes. Uh, I mean, you bring in Deontay Foreman at least uh, to I, back up McCaffrey. I love that pickup, by the way. I think Deontay Foreman was a great pickup for them. He looked good but, last but that's year. It. Yeah. Yep. But but that is it. That is the only change that you really made to this Rashard Higgins skill core. I mean, sure, Nothing he great. gives you an extra piece. I actually think DJ Moore is good. Um, he's a quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, and Robbie Anderson is, you know, a little up and down on Robbie. Um, and then they, they do have Harris Marshall, who maybe if they could have, if they had a quarterback who could get him the ball would have helped. But, you know, see, for see, the you, most part, this, this yeah. How many, how many people reached on Terrence Marshall in the draft, in the fantasy draft? A lot of I people. Did, I did. <laughs> a lot I did. of people reached yeah. on Terrence Marshall. But you, you mentioned <laughs> yeah. uh, Robbie I mean, Anderson. That's a funny story about Baker Mayfield. Uh, back in April, I guess, uh, an Instagram page, and I went to verify this for myself. The comment is still there, probably still to this moment. Uh, they they mentioned that the Carolina Panthers were in the sweepstakes for Baker Mayfield, if you can call it that. And uh, who comes commenting on the post? Robbie Anderson. No! <laughs> what a fucking idiot, dude. Just don't even comment on anything. Like, of course it's going to come back and bite you yeah. in the ass. Like, idiot. Oh my gosh! He thought he could get away from Sam Darnold. No, that, <laughs> couldn't do dude, that either. Kurt, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the thing that cracks me up the most about Robbie Anderson. Sam Darnold has been the bane of Robbie Anderson's existence. If you look at him in 2020, it was the best season of Robbie Anderson's entire career by far. You want to know who Robbie Anderson has had every other year of his career? Sam fucking Darnold, and it's been horrible. Horrific. Uh, you would think he would be excited to change up anything that wasn't Sam Darnold, because I personally think Sam Darnold, oh my God, that guy's trash. And I'm a guy who bought into him last year in fantasy, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, that was um, back too, just because of his age. I mean, the guys, he got drafted, one of the youngest guys ever in the draft. Uh, it, it's incredible that you see these guys now are expected to get under center and start right away. There is no bench time anymore. I mean, you rarely see it with Trey Lance. That's something different where the 49ers are going all in on the new age NFL offense with him. And he's got the Jimmy G in front of him. But it, it's wild, man. If you can't start, you're out on to the next one. For sure. 
But but let me ask you a question. Who's going to be on this team in three years that's currently on it? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not a lot of building blocks. And J.C. Horn. That's it. Yeah. DJ Moore is going to need a contract. Does he want to re-sign with the Panthers? Um, I mean, I guess they could potentially franchise tag him. You got Brian Burns, who's going to be coming up due soon, too, and he's a stud. I mean, just one of them can get franchised, I guess, but you can't do it with both of them. The best thing for them know. to do is try to trade CMC and try to get a freaking load for him while everybody's still high on it and try to rebuild. And that's the only place you're really going to get it from is him. You're, you don't have any other power there. You're going to lose that whole team. You're not going to have any purchasing power on the market. You're going to have to strictly go through the draft and free agency. Unless they want to try to do what the Rams, I mean, trade away picks or or buy the guys kind of in that fashion, sure. But I would rather use CMC as the bartering chip if I'm the Panthers to try to make some real splashes and real moves to rebuild the team. Yeah, and CMC, so we are going to do a fantasy segment right after we break down all the teams, and I got a lot of things to say about CMC, mainly that, fuck that guy. If, if So many people have been burned by that dude, but I agree with you, man. If he has any trade value whatsoever, you you deal him, but I have to think that at this point, if they haven't, he, I don't think he really bears that much weight. <clears throat> I don't know. I think you could get a boat for him still All for right. a team that's contending, sir, for sure. But anyhow, possibly we'll move on. So, so their their extra game is the Broncos, which is that's rough. Um, and you know, Warren Sharp says it's the fourteenth easiest schedule, which is right middle of the pack. Vegas has them at five and a half wins. Who's taking the over? Five and a half. Crickets. Five Crickets. and a half. Crickets. No. I do not have them over five and a half. They went no sorry. They went they went five and twelve last year. Um, I have this team as a four win team. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you guys are pretty much right there with me. Yeah, I have them um, at five. I got them at five just, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do so. think they're a better team with Baker Mayfield. Um, I, I really do. I think Sam Darnold's so fucking bad. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> it's a bad team. And do they finish last? Last bit of vision or uh you're kind of stealing my thunder for the next team but yes i think they definitively steal uh our last in this division and i'm going to tell you why in a second all right but i'm eager to hear it. let's go so newman did you have him under yes i had him at four wins okay so all of us have we're all four of us are green on under Kurt. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't proclaim. Yeah, I'm. At, I'm just looking at the schedule right there. I mean, wow. dude, this team could literally go defeated for the first like the first nine weeks of the season, possibly first seven weeks. I mean, they're so I mean, bad. It's crazy. I, I think. I think four Pretty wins bad. is is appropriate. Yep. I think they got worse than last year somehow. Um, but yeah, wow, it's rare that we all agree on something. But okay, so v- v- Vegas. Vegas has them again. This is probably a meaningless stat, giving that it's July sixth. But they're favorites in three games this year. Wow. Okay. That's, two of that's them against two of rough. them against two of them against Atlanta. Right. The only other game they're favored in is home against the Lions. They are they are the underdog in every single other game. So let's yeah, transition. That's, that's, that line's going to change for sure. That Lions one, because they're big going based off of this past season, for sure. I think you're going to see that line change with them for sure. So this is an awkward transition, but I'm going to tell you why I think the Atlanta Falcons are better than the Panthers. So the Atlanta Falcons are projected by Vegas at four and a half wins. By the way, folks, that is tied for the worst in the league. 
that the, the <laughs> Vegas quite literally thinks Atlanta is the worst team in the league, or at least tied for it. Um, four and a half wins. It's one of the reasons why we're talking about the NFC South today, because again, we're starting with the worst accumulated wins division, and we're going to work our way up. But the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, best chin in sports. Um, anything? Anyone have anything positive to say about this team? I mean, I think that their coaching staff kind of showed that they're pretty decent last year. They they definitely overplayed their talent last year. They went seven and ten. You know, you know what's crazy? I agree with you so freaking hard, and here's why: Atlanta. Finally, in what, his eighth, ninth, tenth year? I don't even know how long he's been. He's been in the league for fucking ever. A, t- a team finally learned how to use Cordero Patterson last year, and they, he turned into a fucking super weapon. Dude, I, I have not... I'm sorry, I, I watched a lot of Atlanta, Atlanta's games last year just randomly. I think Arthur Smith is a good coach. I hate to say it. I yeah. agree with that. And a hard worker. You know that guy's putting in the hours. That's not a dude who's playing games. He's yep. definitely got something to prove. Uh, what was his dad, the CEO or something of No, the FedEx founder or, of FedEx. Or the founder the of founder. FedEx, pardon me. Yeah, yep. the founder. I mean, that's that's a guy who's got a chip on his shoulder to you know carve his own path. And it's you, you can see it in his work. And the only concern that I have, it, it's, you guys maybe laugh at it, that it's Matt Ryan leaving the team, honestly. I mean, when you can show out with a veteran leader who can, again, manage the team, but you got Marcus Mariota, then you draft Desmond Ritter, who I love, by the way, Cincinnati, go Bearcats, but then Felipe Franks. That's the quarterback room for the Falcons. I don't care if you've got Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Auden Tate. Uh, they signed Brian Edwards. These are guys that are definitely no, they, weapons. They actually they actually traded a fifth round pick for Brian Edwards, the oh, same that they? Carolina they? traded for for Baker Mayfield. Well, well, I mean, well, well, I think well, let me give you a quick it's a better trade, but <laughs> let me give you a quick breakdown of uh, who they've who they've acquired. They acquired Marcus Mariota, Brian Edwards, Damian Williams, Anthony Ferksker, and Damier Bird. Um, decent acquisitions. Yeah, Damier Bird, yeah. Um, their departures are pretty significant. Matt Ryan, Russell Gage, and Hayden Hurst. That's that's pretty severe. But they they had a really solid draft, I think. Uh, draft Drake Blondin, Desmond Ritter. A lot of people are polarized on that guy. I think I personally think he's going to suck. Uh, Tyler Algieri. I don't even know who that guy is to be honest. Uh, and John Fitzpatrick. Al- Algier. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, mm-hmm kind of neutral in terms of what they've gained and what they've lost but they they also brought in Casey Hayward um opposite of uh their cornerback from now I'm blanking on his name um I think their corners are actually pretty decent their defensive um yeah Terrell um their their linebacker core they they added some to that which I think is going to help um and Grady Jarrett's like a stud uh, he's one of our defensive linemen in the league. Um, only I think outside, especially on the day. Um, and then offensive line is still a question mark to me. But I think Mariota could give you some different elements that Matt Ryan can't. Obviously, he can run the ball a little bit. Um, maybe you throw in some more. Uh, we see a little bit more college offense with a lot of zone read kind of thing, like what um, Miami did with Tua, uh, possibly. Uh, and, and maybe that helps. Uh them play a little bit better. Oh, this this is still rough. Vegas has them at four and a half wins. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think they have a bottom three quarterback in the entire league. I think they have the worst wide receivers in the league. I think they have a bottom five offensive line in the league. Um, you know you're really stretching when you say their defense is all right. I like their pieces. I don't really – when has Atlanta shown you they could be a good defense? Um, I mean, again, I feel bad. I like Kyle Pitts. I mean, uh, Patterson is super fun. Um, they're just going to have to get super creative uh, because, man, um, I think they're going to be really, really hard to watch. And uh, like I said, I, yeah. I have them as the, the third worst team. Um, I'd like to see how Drew put together five wins for this team. They're um, in big trouble, man, big time. And does Mariota play a full season? I don't think no, so. I wouldn't bet no, on it. And, no, 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 and no. then you are, you're plugging Desmond Ritter in? I don't think so, man. First-year rookie coming in to a, the NFC South that we're ragging on today, you know, from the Vegas standpoint of games one. But the edge rush in the NFC South is vicious. And if you put Desmond Ritter in there, he's got to play the Bucks twice. He's got to play the Saints twice. He's got to play the Panthers twice. He's done for Dude, that that team is in for a world of hurt. Is this Jimmy G alert? Honestly, is is Jimmy G yeah. an option here, or or is are they just tanking? Right, because it looks like they're tanking. I, I would, no if Jimmy I was Atlanta, G. I wouldn't go after Jimmy G because, like I said, I think you're better off just kind of sucking this year and understanding that you're going to suck this year. They should have been worse than they were last year. In all honesty, um, Drew, Drew they, said they it though in the group chat. No favors by winning. Drew said that the teams are uh, ab- they object to sucking for just some reason. I mean, they're the only league yeah. that kind of doesn't do that. The NHL does that. MLB does it. M- NBA does it. Like the NFL kind of just doesn't do it. Look at the Texans last year. There's right? dire like, consequences. You can't just fake football games, man. That's how guys really get hurt. That's the one thing about the yeah. sport is there is no mailing it in out there unless you're at the Pro Bowl. That's about the only time I've seen that. Well, and they also don't have the revenue streams that, like, the MLB has. Like, the MLB, regardless, like, even the shitty teams, they're making so much money with the ad revenue just in, like, the ads that they're putting in the stands because they have 162 games, you know. So so there's a lot more Mm. ad revenue being pumped into MLB, even with the shitty teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um Sorry. Why you got to do that? Uh, <laughs> but oh, nothing makes me happier. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's all I'm saying with the Falcons. I'm looking at this, this depth chart. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse one. Straight up. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse depth chart than this. Their wide receiving core is so bad. Brian Edwards, Drake London, Zacchaeus. What the fuck is this? Left- <clears throat> what the fuck is this wide receiving yeah. core? It's so bad. It's a lot of, it's a lot of number three, a lot of number three wide receivers there. Did they get worse from last year? And they won. That's so. my thing. I don't think they did. Uh, honestly, I think their wide receiving core is actually better than it was last. Year. Yes, and that's sad. Yep, <laughs> that's extremely sad. I, th- I think yeah, you are right. I think their defense is better, <laughs> and I think their wide receiving core is slightly better. Their offensive line is actually. Improved, decent, ah, not really. Um, they're, they're in trouble there, dude. <laughs> the right side of their line might be is reaching on that one. Very bad. I mean, very two, bad. Two first round picks, but yeah, it's I, I do, it's. Listen, I do think I, Casey Hayward helps on defense and and their linebacking core with uh, Lorenzo Carter bringing him back. The reason, uh, the reason Georgia, I'm going over here is because of my chinless is because of my chinless ombre. 
uh, Arthur Smith, who I have a weird amount of confidence in. I think this guy might actually be kind of a genius, and here's why. Look at Ryan Tannehill's drop-off when he left the Titans. Um, if there's anyone I want developing my quarterback, it really is Arthur Smith. Do I? But I fucking hate the Ritter pick. I would have so much rather them got, what's his name, from Liberty. <coughs> Malik. 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 Malik like, Willis. What are you doing there? At least go for the higher ceiling guy. Like, I, I don't think Malik Willis is going to be anything great, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, mean proven territory. Like a lot, but <clears throat> go ahead, Jim. Sorry. I, there's some people that like Ritter a lot. They think that he has a lot of tools to work with, and obviously comes from a program of winning. So, but uh, he's already but 52 years old. I, I don't. <laughs> he just looks 52. I don't. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you on that. Um, I mean, yeah. So. Well, uh, He's got the Caruso we'll balding look. <laughs> so, so you think that they're going to win more games than the Panthers, though? Yes. So, so do you have them over the four and a half marker? No, I think I had the Panthers at what four. So, I, I, I have the, I yeah. have Atlanta at five. <laughs> so, I'm, okay. I'm, so you are, so you are taking the over on four and a half. Yes. All right. Yeah. Warren Sharp has them as the tenth hardest schedule. Uh, their extra game is the Chargers, which is not going to be a win. Agreed. Yeah. I've got I've got the under there with the Falcons. Yeah. It's going to be under. The the thing that I think that gives them a chance to take the over on that, like Drew said, is if they actually beat the Panthers, right? If they beat mm-hmm. them both times because they have better coaching. Uh, but well, and if Arthur Smith the, grows a beard, there's a sure. I think if Arthur Smith grows a rally beard that hides that chin. He can inspire the team because I think a lot of what beat them down last year was just looking at that chin in the locker room. Like you can't, you can't bring that chin week after week and expect to inspire men. You gotta hide that thing, man. You gotta take a guy like Motor City Dan Campbell. That guy walks in that thing. That's an iron cleft chin. Oh yeah, that's that's what you walk into a locker room with. Dude, if you don't, you gotta go Duck Dynasty. Dan Campbell walks into locker room. First thing he does is he. Sticks his finger out and goes, you smell that? That's Mrs. Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of charisma that Dan Campbell brings to the table, and I just don't know if Arthur Smith fucks like that. No way. No, I don't think he does. <laughs> By the way, I am so All right, excited to talk about the Do we want to talk, talk some fantasy lines. here? Yes, we'll talk some fantasy. All right, fantasy for the NFC South. Um, where do we even begin with this? Can we can we stay can we can we stay with the Falcons? So all Ugh. this that we talked about, <laughs> I mean, Corderell Patterson, fantasy god, right there. Won won some people some fantasy leagues last year. Uh, RB thirty five, currently ninety overall. So ninth round, I think that's a fair value for him. But does Marcus Mariota have any garbage time upside here? No, because this we think this team is going to be a team that's trailing a lot. I don't even Does think he he's. I think he's going to be on the IR. The guy's going to be on the IR. He's not even going to be on the field, unfortunately. True. And I don't even wish that on anybody. It's just that you look yeah. at his, you look at his career path. Look at the offense Arthur Smith is running. You're going to be having read options with Kadarrell Patterson. He's going to be yeah. taking some licks with a bad offensive line, and he's just proven to be made of glass. Unfortunately, did Arthur Smith coach Marcus Mariota in Tennessee? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Or at least some of it. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Pat, I mean, Patterson, if, if you like Patterson, because I, I have Fantasy Pros has him as 99. Same, same, doesn't matter. Ninth, tenth round. Um, but he, they have him as the hardest running schedule. Now, what that means, because teams differ year to year, but, I mean, he's already playing a tough schedule, and there can't be that many new wrinkles. So there's there's a lot of tape. I'm not buying – I wouldn't spend a single-digit round pick on Patterson. Really? No way in hell. Even if no he's way a, in hell. I, I even think, if he's a I running think, back, I think round super? nine is fine. I, I was going to say, I, just, I think you could get him at nine, and you got to go for that. The guy's going to be a reception, especially yeah. your PPR, even a half point per league yeah. or per reception. you got to take him on that alone. You know, the dump off pass, yeah. he ate that up all year last year. Yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of wild. He scored right? a, lot of lo- a, a lot of little little dump off, you know, rush uh, p- passing touchdowns. Also, make sure that you have that filtered to uh, PPR there because uh, that's all we care about. We don't want that standard nonsense there. But uh, <clears throat> at tight end, Kyle Pitts, uh, number tight end three, 32 overall is his projection. Is that too rich? What do you guys think? I'm not Who- touching him at three. Who's uh, his quarterback? Heck, that's, that's where you see a regression. Unfortunately, you got Matty Ice exiting. Who I mean, Kyle Pitts was a to see him blossom last year in the first year as a first round tight end. Which in history, usually those first round tight ends are not very good. It Dude, was he was okay. Awesome. He was okay. He, he was on one great. of the worst teams in the league, and he played extremely well. I think he, oh, I think he exceeded what the expectations were for him last year. For most, I don't think so. Most people, really? I think people had way higher expectations for what he. Not was in the memory. I mean, yeah, but I, that's because we 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 have some logic here. But there was a lot of people that were really high on Kyle Pitts, and. I think he was he was a good quarter uh, tight end. He was a good tight end. I mean, Newman, he, he had a thousand like, yards receiving. Special. Yes, he became the first tight end with a rookie tight end with a thousand yards receiving since Mike Ditka, who did it in like four less games. <laughs> True, in in an era where there wasn't passing. So first I mean, seventeen yeah. game it, season, I'll give you that, and only one touchdown. Woof. Yep. You're not, so you're I'm not, not taking, taking him, him at a, that I'm position. I'm not taking him a third-round pick. No way. You, there, no, no there's way. way better tight ends at value. You know you've got those guys that are t- end up being touchdown hawks. You know, they get three touchdowns, two touchdown yeah. games. Guys like Kyle Rudolph in the past, things like that that you can pick and plug week in and week out. And I just don't think the value is there for him at that high of a position. It's just not. Right. All sure, right. But- uh, my next question is, what do you guys think about Dane Williams as a potential handcuff to Coral Patterson? No. Why are we still talking about Atlanta nope, and nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's one more. There's one more thing to touch on. There's one more thing to touch on. Talk about Damian Williams in what fantasy. What are we doing here? <laughs> We're talking about Atlanta for like 10 minutes. Drake London is projected as wide, wide receiver 39 and 95 overall. Are you touching him there? Drake London. I just clicked on Damian Williams on Fantasy Pros nope. and it like broke my browser. <laughs> <laughs> As it should have. Um, I mean, again, that's a little high. I think if he was in 110, 120, that's where you take a flyer on a rookie wide receiver. Um, just because, again, if he, if he could be one of those rookie wide receivers, he's worth a double-digit round pick. I, mean, I, think, I think his ADP is about 10 or 15 slots too high. 
Well, I think you got him. You got to see him as a red zone threat, big time, man. I mean, that's a guy that when, when you, I think that he could plug in and get you some touchdowns at the end of the season in those garbage time moments. You know, it's a fade route, yeah. five yard line. The guy is humongous, and he's got good hands. I think he'll be a talent. We're talking and about Damian Williams. No, Drake no, London. Drake oh, London. Drake London. Okay. Former, former, Drake bas- London. former basketball player, first round draft pick. Yep. I think that he gets volume at minimum. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 95 overall, I think I would probably hope to get him a little bit later if I can, but I don't have a super big issue with somebody trying to take him there ninth, 10th round. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if I have someone on land on my fantasy team, I, I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> you're going for that. You're going for that unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I steer clear. Of, I'm going to steer clear of anyone on Atlanta. Well, you mentioned Damian Williams. I was my immediate thought was, man, if I have Damian Williams on my roster at the end of the draft, I'm going to look at my roster and go, I'm fucked. Can we buzz yeah, right, Carolina? Because so Carolina is about as let's, interesting. Yeah, let, let's let, let's let's go figure out uh, another guy who, if you draft him on your on your fantasy lineup, uh, you might be fucked, and that's uh, McCaffrey because there's a good chance that he might not play. Dude, what is going on with Christian McCaffrey? How many he's, times are people going to be fooled by this guy? He currently is number two overall on the PPR. He's, on, on the, the PPR uh, uh, ADP, what is going on, folks? How many times are you going to be fucked by this guy before you realize that he cannot complete a season? I just don't think he can complete a season at that volume and what they're doing to a guy like that. You've got to protect those skill players, too. You know, just like you protect a quarterback from themselves, you got to protect these guys as well. You can't be having him touching the ball. What was he – I think he had some at some point – 50 plus odd touches in games plus between receptions and running the ball. I don't care how big, strong you are, who you are, you're going to get wear and tear. You could be Derrick Henry is about the only person who could not, you know, who could withstand that. And he's just inhuman in general. But a guy at McCaffrey's size and him trying to stack on those, you know, muscles in the offseason, you see him, you get the guy gets, puts on the weight. He is bulking up. But at that rate, you're going to get dinged up. You're going to be out of the season. Drew, because I still think he's first round, guys. I still think he's in that eight to twelve range. Yeah, you have I think. to. You have to, right? So he's yeah, not. He's not the in the top five. Is too good. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't take people, him at two. No, I wouldn't take him in the, in the first five picks. But I think if you take him as early as six, I think that's okay, right? Like in for my big board, he'll probably be anywhere from eight to twelve. But I think my my ceiling for him is six, and and I are think you, that's are, fine. Are you taking uh, Derrick Henry over him? I think you have. If you don't, I'm sorry. That's why. Listen, guys, folks, Christian McCaffrey. And by the way, Newman said last year he's definitively, definitively the number one pick last year in fantasy. And I told I told everyone last year, if you pick Christian McCaffrey in the first round, you're a fool. Uh, I think this year. If you pick Christian McCaffrey anywhere in the first round, you're going to get fucked hard again. This is a team that is going to be desperate. This Matt Rule is going to be clinging on for his life. He's going to be going to Christian McCaffrey. He he is not a three down back. He's not a guy. I remember early on in his career when he had that prolific year where he had a thousand yards rushing, thousand yards receiving, unbelievable year, right? 
Everyone said, this guy can run it on first down. He can run it on second down. The only way that Christian McCaffrey works is if you actually accept what he is, which is an excellent receiving back who can occasionally play gadget plays, but you cannot run him up center. You can't do it. The guy, he's too breakable. I wanted to interrupt you so bad and there you go. He's Debo Samuel. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I mean, dude. I agree. When you when you really break it down, it's, I agree. the similarities are, I can't take them away from each other. They look identical. Yeah, totally you know, agree. You put the two on the field. And, and it is going to be another position I think we're going to see is happening more often in the NFL. Yeah. You saw the guys like from H-back positions where you start blossoming into – tight ends from basketball players that move into the slot guys like Pitts. I think you're going to see the same thing now with the running back position where it's not even that you're going to see all wide receivers, but they call them athletes. And yeah. those guys, you're going to, you're going to have four of them that know how to line up in the backfield. College you know, at that, that's going to college has the official designation of athlete. Why that might be interesting for the NFL to consider a, 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 a an extra term that includes athlete, especially for contract negotiation. Well, and I think that needs to put them at a higher yeah. tier, though, because if you're going to be expected to fill different roles on the team, you know, multiple different things. Like if, if you're at a business, you know, if I'm going to take over presidential roles and I'm a VP, I need to be getting the presidential money. If I'm taking on both of these these roles, you know, it's the same way with Debo Samuel. Yeah. You say, hey, pay me. You're not going to pay me as just a running back. I want the top tier money, which is wide receiver at the moment. And he has the right to get that for sure. I love the Samuel. Well, McCaffrey's McCaffrey's already gotten gotten paid. Um, I think that he's still worthy of a selection back end of the first, early second. Um, I think that the upside's too great to pass up in that range. Uh, but yeah, I definitely don't want to take him top half of the first. Um, what about some other some other potential fantasy options here? Um, you got you know whatever D- DJ Moore, a good wide receiver still. Uh, like I said, I think that does does Baker do his ADP second round? I'm not spending a second rounder on DJ Moore. That's a losing pick. I would. I see him at pick 39, and I Is got fooled wrong? by DJ Moore. He actually screwed me in one of our leagues last year. Um, here's why: I actually think that Baker Mayfield, weirdly enough, brings more to the table in terms of feeding his wide receivers than Sam Darnold did. Because like I said, look at Robbie Anderson. Just a year prior, he had a career year. Sam Darnold comes back into his life, and he immediately starts to suck again. Uh, DJ Moore, I think, is a really talented guy. Like it, You're telling me if Aaron Rodgers... If Aaron Rodgers said DJ Moore, he's a top five receiver in the league, like straight up. Um, I, I, I'm telling oh. you, I think you're wrong about that. I, I think the guy has had a terrible delivery system his entire career. I think he's a lot better than he actually puts out. Is Baker Mayfield that much better than Sam Darnold? I don't think he is, but I do think he feeds his wide receivers and his receivers a little bit more, and I think they might have a more interesting Oh, yeah, for him ask, in ask OBJ if Baker fed his wide receivers. I mean, I don't – yeah, true. It's a good point. It's a good point. I'm not buying any Carolina receiver what, what about, because what of about, Baker Mayfield. None. What about Anderson and Marshall, Drew? Since you're in on Baker elevating them a little bit, what about Anderson and Marshall? I, I've, I've never been a Marshall fan. A uh, lot, lot, of, lot of people were, were big on him as a sleeper last year. I just didn't see it. Um, I don't. I still don't. If, if you were going to be a, a, ask me to bet money, who would be a better okay. asset to Baker or who he's going to use 
is going to be Marshall, in my opinion. Robbie Anderson's a big hit guy. He's a stretch the field. And let's just be honest, Baker is not the big hit quarterback. He's yeah, not he throw. that guy. So Robbie Anderson is real low. And my if you're going to talk about the two, Marshall has a lot more upside for him. Quick screens, yak, yard after the catch for him, a quick slants, stuff that Baker knows how to do, stuff that he did with Jarvis Landry, where Landry was eating up 15 receptions, 20 receptions in a freaking game. You know, I, I, so if you were going to have to pick between what, the two, what? I would take Terrence Marshall for sure. Well, I've always hated Robbie Anderson. I have a hard, well, fast okay. rule. If somebody looks like one of the island boys, you don't draft him. I'm an island boy. <laughs> island boys. Um, so, and then last question on Carolina before we can move on. Um, what about Baker? Where where does he get, where should he get drafted? Where would you consider taking him? Is he a QB2? Is he worth rostering? You, or is you, you he don't draft. Waiver wire fodder. <laughs> Waiver wire okay. fodder. If you've right. got to put a plug and play him for uh, God uh, knows a bye week hell, then that's what you got to do. But that's somebody you're not rostering. I got to make. So I. I said it with Atlanta. I'm going to say it again with Carolina. If I have anyone, if I have a Carolina Panther on my team and my after they draft, I fucked up. I don't want anyone in Atlanta and I don't want anyone in Carolina. Even 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 McCaffrey? Not McCaffrey. McCaffrey. That's what I was just about to say. You can't say you're you're biting your nails praying for a healthy season, but you're not saying it's all over. Any of the other players, sure. But you can't say that about McCaffrey until we see what happens this season. I'm telling you, I'm calling I'm you right def- now. If you pick McCaffrey in the All first right, cool. round, you fucked up. I'm telling you. <laughs> How many years in a row are we going to make that mistake, Stop people? Five. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Let's bond with two teams. So that's. <laughs> um, so let's go to the Saints real quick. Uh, you know, Alvin Kamara potential suspension. How worried would that make you? Currently, Fantasy Pros has him RB eleven, number nineteen overall. Um, Obviously, they're factoring it in a little bit. I don't know if they're factoring enough. Um, and marking them at running back 60 overall is a handcuff. You might get it for six weeks of the season as a starter. I don't know. What do you, any, anything any, anything on the running backs there in, in uh, New Orleans? No. no. Brandon's giving me a, a face. No. Okay. Uh, no. I mean, where would you take Kamara? You're not taking him? Four Man, rounds, I mean, so at best, you're getting him for 10 weeks. Right, and that's if you make it all the way to the playoffs and let eleven, and, you know, eleven. <laughs> I mean, if you're making it to the championship, sure. Um, so uh, again, I mean, at best, you're getting him for a third of this or two thirds of the season. If he misses a couple games, you can't spend a second round pick that you're only going to get for half the season. You just you just can't. It's too crucial to hit on those early rounds. It, no way am I spending a second round pick on a guy that's going to miss that much time. There's no way. You can't do the what about isms with that. When that snake comes around in that early parts of the round, like you're saying, Brandon, to echo you a little bit, the t- second, third, in those rounds, you cannot risk that at that point for me. I stay clear of the suspensions. Any of the guys that used to snag Josh Gordon or any of these suspended guys, go, oh, just wait, he's going to be my plug and play. He's going to be healthy. I'm yet to see it work out. Soft and, tissue. And I'm not about to try it. Soft tissue. You try to hop right back in the saddle after a suspension yeah. and go go full service. You're you're gonna you're, you might not pop something, but it's gonna be tight. Like a full tiger. clip in the cat in the Kamara workload is the same as the CMC workload. The same exact one. You're gonna plug and play them like that. I I don't know. Nope. I'm steering clear in the second I, round I might, at least. I might take him back end of a second. 
I might take him back out of a second if I have a chance in a snake draft. Um, just because, you know, third take take the second round pick upside and then and then get a little bit safer pick there in the third round. Um, but that's that's about the only way. I don't I don't know. The, the suspension definitely concerns me. Um wide receivers, Michael Thomas, wide receiver 28, 62 overall, Jarvis Landry 53, and Chris Olave 52, 124 and 126. Um what, what were your Olave numbers on Chris Olave? A, what was your numbers on the Chris Olave? Wide receiver 52, 124 overall. That's my guy. I would even take him there maybe a round or two earlier. Um, you guys know I love rolling dice on on rookie wide receivers. This this is the first guy we've covered that I'm, you know, I'm giving away my strategy here a little bit. I'm probably drafting him a round or two earlier. Um, just because I think he is talk about volume. This is my volume guy that we've talked about. I watched him at Ohio State. He's an, he's absolutely a stud. Um, I I am definitely targeting this guy um, in in the early teen rounds, maybe even yeah. nine or tenth. Jameis has got to throw to somebody, right? And yeah. So talk about a deep ball threat. So, I don't care if James, he throws thirty picks; he's going to mm-hmm. throw touchdowns too. Yep, Lave's going to be that guy. This guy, I love this guy. If if you watch Jameis in college, he loved throwing the ball to Rashad Green, who was a technician as a route runner. Rashad Green was always exactly where he was fucking supposed to be. And Jameis actually was able to hit him on a consistent basis there. Chris Olave is a route runner. He's mm-hmm. going to be where he's supposed to be. He knows how to run routes at the NFL level, and he has the wheels. He can If he gets behind the defense, he's gone. Oh, um, not catching him. <clears throat> so, I mean, to me, I love Olave too. Uh, I'm really high on him. But I'm not going to completely ignore Jarvis Landry sitting right there, right around the same pick there. Um, Michael Thomas, the, the injuries and the whether or not he will play is absolutely concerning to me. I don't think I would draft him uh, that high. At so rounds, so, so la- last year, last year, Rashad Bateman was my guy. I saw him at Minnesota. I knew he was going to get volume in uh, in Baltimore. The season didn't go the way it <laughs> wanted, but there was no way I was leaving the draft without getting Rashad Bateman. Chris Olave is the exact same person for me this year. Like I, I, I will be I, I'm going to probably I'll reach. I don't care. I like Chris Olave that much. Dude, I love both these receivers with the Saints. Here's why. Uh, We saw a neutered version of Jameis Winston last year. There's something weird about Sean Payton. I think that he just had a horrible mistrust of of Jameis Winston, as he probably should have. But I think we're going to see a little bit more of an unleashed version of Jameis Winston. And as bad as the Jameis Winston of 2019, his last year with the Bucs, was... uh, I do want to remind folks that Jameis feeds. He feeds his receivers. Last year with the Bucks, Chris Godwin had 1,333 yards receiving. James, uh, Mike Evans had 1,157. That's what Jameis looks like in an unleashed passing scheme. Now, are the interceptions going to be there? Possibly. But I love Chris Olave. And if Mike, Michael Thomas comes back healthy, let's face it. Last time Michael Thomas was healthy for an entire season... He was the best wide receiver in all of fantasy. He is the slant boy. He's unstoppable on the slant. Jameis Winston throws a really pretty bullets slant pass. I think Michael Thomas could have a fucking monster year. I think Michael Thomas is a weird kind of sleeper uh, in the the fantasy dynamics this year if he's healthy. Would you draft him in the sixth round? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, And then last, so we've all talked about the wide receivers. 
How about Jameis? This is a quarterback that, you know, potentially has a lot of volume options here. Um, plenty of talent at the wide receiver core we like. Jameis is quarterback 19, 158 overall. Anybody going to take a flyer on Jameis as a number two? Not me. Here's why. I was huge on Jameis last year because I thought there's no way the Saints are dumb enough to actually teeter with the possibility of going back to Taysom Hill. And it still seemed like even when Jason, J, uh, even when Jameis was a starter, you could just see it in Sean Payton's face that at any moment they were going to send that fucking tight end back in there to play t- quarterback. And so it made me worried. And as good as Jameis was last year, I think if the season would have extended, I think that it, it eventually would have became an issue. Andy Dalton presents a serious issue for Jameis Winston because if if he is even slightly bad, like Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. I don't like him at all, but I think I think the threat of Andy Dalton just always puts Jameis's status in question. I'm not going to gamble on Jameis on anything less than like a 12th pick this year, 12th rounder. Okay. Well, this is 158 overall, so. So you, that's probably where, where he's going, yep. 12th round-ish. I would definitely take Jameis as a number two, certainly. I mean, we just talked about what the worst you know worst division in football is. We talked about who we might think could be the worst teams in the NFL, and Jameis gets to face a lot of them twice, or between, obviously minus the Bucks two times a year. And he's going to be slinging the rock. If they're going 500 or just above 500, which what we, we're all predicting there, he's going to be throwing the rock, man. And, and whether it's him or Dalton, it's going to be there with those wide receivers, whether it's Michael Thomas, Olave, or if you have uh, one of the other guys that steps up, it could be big for the Saints if you want to have somebody that can toss the ball. Check your scoring settings. I think that's what comes down with Jameis. Like uh, in Drew's league, he super reward or he doesn't he doesn't super reward quarterbacks, but he doesn't super punish them. I'm in another league that does a negative two for interceptions and negative four for pick sixes. So Jameis would be absolutely no go. But you know, if you have touchdown bonuses, if you have yard bonuses, I think Jameis could be a really good value. So I think depending on the way you score. Jameis, the way your league scores, I think really creates a spectrum for Jameis. Um, but for the two leagues that I'm in, I'm I'm not looking to spend anything more than a 14th, 15th rounder on him at best. Yeah. All right. Do we want to talk about the Troutman and Taysom Hill? No. I don't no. So, right? nope. No. <laughs> My ears bleed. Let's so, move right on uh, the Bucks. So let's let's move on. Let's move on to the Bucks here. Um, obviously. You know, you got Tom Brady, who uh, one of one of the things that I had you guys look up is Tom Brady's MVP odds, and you have him at plus eight thousand, which is definitely something that I like. No, 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 uh, no. plus eight hundred. Plus eight hundred. Plus eight hundred. <laughs> eight thousand. Oh, I, I thought you Jesus. said plus eight thousand. I'd put a thousand dollars today I, on that. I asked him that. <laughs> yes, um, I mean, last year he was what plus eleven hundred or something like that, uh, which was really good. Uh, and he almost won it. I mean, arguably could have been selected over over Aaron Rodgers if there wasn't some of the bias that went into it. Um, <clears throat> but he's quarterback eight, number 78 overall. This is higher than he was going last year. I think I'm very comfortable with dra- t- taking Brady right around there. Yes, yes, sir. If I, if he, There's no way he yeah. lasts that long. Not, not, not in our league. There's no way he lasts until the to the eighth or ninth round. I think I'm comfortable yeah, Kevin going. Will, Kevin will probably take him, right? I, 
I I think I have a ceiling of him on seven seventh round, but man, I I like Tom Brady not just this year. Um, I think he's gonna have to do some some heavy lifting. Um, I I'm, I don't think he's gonna trust his Lenny as much as he did last year. Um, and man, I I love Tom Brady. It's another guy I'm definitely looking to draft all over. He's definitely going to be crushing it, but no trust in the in his cast and crew. I, I don't I don't buy that one bit, honestly. Between Leonard Fournette, between uh, Godwin coming back, Mike Evans, uh, Scotty Miller, who you were like, who's their big bang threat? He was injured portion portion of the year last year. That's a guy who takes the top off of it. Tyler Johnson, who can catch the ball, Cyril uh, Grayson, who was on fire with Brady, if you saw at the end of the season right there and into the playoffs, but then he got injured. The whole receiving corpse is down. I think Brady's got all of his weapons there lined up, ready to go. And the other weapon that I like from the draft was Rashad White, uh, the running back. I think that's somebody there who could step up big time for the Bucks as a rookie. Rookie running backs like DeAndre Swift had big years. Uh, Najee Harris was obviously supposed to have one, but you can find those rookie running backs, and I think that's a sleeper there for the Bucks that could fill in for a good PPR league and somebody who could even take over for Lenny if he gets hurt or, like you said, if he falls out of favor with Brady for whatever reason. I mean, I'm looking at Rashad yeah, so White in the background is- of every draft. Every draft. <clears throat> yeah. So, so Fournette is RB9. Uh, 16 overall, so, you know, early, uh, middle of the second round there. Uh, and Rashad White is running back 56, 162 overall. So, you know, pretty pretty high up there, too. Um, I, I think he's definitely worth the flyer. He's def- The assumption is that he is RB2, um, but you do have Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard there still to potentially take some carries away from him. If something were to happen to Fournette, uh, we shall see. Um, but, I mean, the most important aspect in terms of fantasy on this team is definitely the wide receivers, right? Um, Mike are, Evans, are we buying Lenny as a second round running back? What do you guys absolutely. think? Absolutely. After what he did last year, how could you not? Absolutely uh, not. Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. I think not? second is high. I, I think he's a fourth or fifth round guy. Um, I think the sweet spot is third round, like straight up. But second, it's, I'm sorry. It's just preposterous. I love Lenny Fournette in the Bucks system. Lenny Fournette as an individual, very average, very average. And the second that yeah. Tom Brady realizes that he's not that good is the second that Leonard Fournette loses all of his value. And I don't think that happens because Tom Brady really has a weird, like, devotion to his guys, you know, like James White. Just, just dudes that he just wants to light up. He just lights up. But Leonard Fournette, man, I'm so- <laughs> telling you, I saw the video the other day of him running on a treadmill the dude looks like he's like thirty pounds overweight. He does not. He does not look good right now. Um, I drafted him last year at because I was actually really high on him in relative to his value. I think he is being way overdrafted this year. I think he's one of the major busts of this fantasy season. My advice for everybody is to avoid Leonard Fournette. I just I don't think he can possibly maintain his dominance last year. And and I'm a guy who drafted him last year and benefited from him greatly. He'll be a really good RB2. Yes, I, think I agree. He'll be a really good yeah. RB2, but you're yep. going to draft him wanting RB1, and you're going to be disappointed. In the, in with, the second round, RB2 it's a reach. Result. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, he, he did lead all running backs in receptions last year. That may regress this year, but I think the volume of catches, just the fact that he demonstrated that ability, um, does help buoy his value there. Um, 
<clears throat> but let's touch on wide receivers. So if Leonard Fournette's going to, you know, fall down a little bit, then you got to prop Mike Evans up, right? So Mike Evans is currently wide receiver seven. He's going, you know, right after Lenny there, number 20 overall, back end of the second round. Um, I think that in Godwin's in, you know, no AB, no Gronk is going to pick up volume this year. Yeah, I think Kurt and I are going to be fighting for Mike Evans. I don't, I don't know if he's available in our keeper draft, but man, do I love him in that that late second, early third. Um, I think if you can get him early third as your third third pick, you're looking really good. Um, I don't know if I'd quite go mid second, but late second. Um, I, I especially with Godwin out. I mean, again, I'm a volume drafter. Um, and I, I think Mike Evans is going to get the ball a lot. You know what you're going to get, man. He's going for over a thousand, and he's getting double, close to double digit touchdowns, if not over double digit touchdowns. And if Lenny is on the back end of that and, and falling off out of good graces, those red zone touches go from swing passes and handoffs to Lenny off tackle to fade routes, quick slants to Mike Evans for the touchdown. Kurt, so I think we're going to be battling for a lot of guys in, in, in this draft. We seem to I, like I, and dislike a lot of the same guys. It sounds like I you guys might be battling sure. okay, let's, the let's, playoffs. Um. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's touch on the other two here also. No, let me just give my two cents on Mike Evans. I actually like him sure. more this year than I do in previous years uh, simply because, uh, like, last year, I just think Godwin is the far superior receiver. Um, it's obvious that Brady <laughs> likes him in terms of targets. And I just, I never really like uh, Evans' target share. That's the thing that always scares me. He's a very tight end or touchdown-dependent receiver. And I'm very, very weary about touchdown-receiving guys. I like volume guys, guys that get just mass targets, especially when you're playing the PPR league. Mike Evans, I finally actually like him more than I've ever liked him this year. Um, I think he's a shoe-in for double-digit touchdowns, and I think he's actually going to have a nice season. Um, do I take him over Tyreek Hill? That's a little bit questionable. Do I take him over A.J. Brown? Absolutely. So I have him slotted at the ninth slot for wide receiver. I think he's I think he's a better value add than he has been at any other year. Yeah, I, can, I think that's a fair take so for God sure. Went- yeah. Godwin's projected to be wide receiver 29, 65 overall. I think that's high given his injury concerns, and we don't know how much time he's going to miss, right? Yeah. I like the guy, and I think that he'll be, you know, he'll be a contributor when he comes back. But when you do have an injury like that, you also risk other soft tissue injuries that could wind up putting you out as well. Um, and then Russell Gage is wide receiver 43, 102 overall. I think that there's there's potential interest in him because there's got to be another guy on the field. I think he's going to be the, the second or third wide receiver on the field almost all the time. Uh, without Gronk being there, I think that you know the wide receiver is going to get more volume. So I like that. So it, two, it, I'll take it all day. So again, so they Russ is he's probably going to play in the slot, right? Isn't that where we think? No, Tyler not Johnson? necessarily. Isn't that what we think Scotty Miller? Like I, I, I'm staying away from Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. Scotty Miller can play outside. So I'm thinking all three of those guys are are kind of gonna take. They're like I don't want any of them because they're all one receiver um, until Godwin kind of comes back. So I'm I'm staying away from Gage Johnson and Miller regardless, um, just because man, you don't know every game Brady's gonna pick a different guy out of those three. 
One of those okay. three guys are going to have a good game every week, and you just you're never going to know who to play. That's I mean, it's a fair concern. It's a fair concern that you might get smudged one of those weeks with with Brady, but you definitely know he's feeding the rock to all different characters, and he's throwing for over three hundred yards. I mean, that's so <laughs> somebody's getting the yards there, and I'll take it on yeah. Russell Gage <clears throat> if I'm not getting it from Chris Godwin there. That's definitely going to be a fail safe for Brady for sure. The the absolute best value in all of fantasy right now somehow. Fantasy Pros still has Cameron Braid as tight end 33. Appropriately. 91 overall. Um, I think that Brand- Cameron Braid winds up finishing as a top 10 tight end in fantasy and PPR leagues. Uh, these Some of these guys disagree, which is fine. Uh, you still don't have him at 33. I think that there's there's plenty of talk. That he's top 20 at minimum. Um, and 291, that's, that's for free, basically. You're right. You're, you're right. I, I think 35 is 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 kind of a disservice to him. Uh, but I think he finishes right around what he did last year, you know, mid-20s. Um, I, I, I think a guy I'm kind of interested in, and I want to get your guys' take, is uh Kate Otten in this uh in this in this system. Like could 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 he potentially be an interesting play? I don't know. R- rookie tight ends. <laughs> I don't trust rookie tight ends. I mean, we've established that. Last time I, I drafted mean, it's, a- it's definitely interesting for sure. The guy's intriguing, but, I mean, if we're going based off of no Gronk, I mean, there's got to be somebody else there. You know the two tight end sets are going to be happening. Uh, and if Gronk's not there, it's going to be Kate Otten behind Cam Bray there, and they're going to be in those split sets. Typically, Cam Bray's going to draw that attention, especially if they're in the red zone. And again, if it's not Gronk, it's it, – Gonna be Kate, it's gonna be him. It's gonna be Kate Otten. I mean, Mike Evans. <laughs> it had you're two seasons before OJ so. Howard. Yeah, Rick, two seasons before OJ showed up. Uh, both those years, he was uh, top ten tight end, and I think that that can they can go back to that. Yeah, sir. I, I mean, I'm high on on Cam. I love Cameron Bray. Bam, bam, Cam kills it, uh, and he's definitely got a good. Uh, rapport with Tom Brady. Um, I just I believe sure. wholeheartedly that Gronk will be coming back though, <laughs> and then maybe that's you, something that they're assessing sure. into that as Agreed. well. But I just wholeheartedly think he's coming back. So, are, are you guys drafting Gronk? No. Are you? No. Liar. <laughs> depends. Depends how. Depends how late it is. Uh, I remember the year that Gronk was on a buy. He just got passed around the league. <laughs> People had him, and then they dropped him because they needed a roster spot. Someone else picked him up because they were like, I'll take a flyer on him. Maybe he's coming back this week. (laughs) Um, And then, I mean, the last fantasy concept here is, I mean, we don't have a league that plays with it anymore, really, but the Bucks as defense special team number two. uh, This is worse than Damian Williams. (laughs) I think that's fair. I'm just, I I don't, like, if if you do have that... Absolutely willing to take the bucks. We're talking defenses. It's time to shut it down, folks. If you're still playing with the defense in your league, you need to get to another league, folks. (laughs) The only reason we still play with defense in one of our leagues is because people bitch about it if we didn't. All right, any closing thoughts about the NFC South? This is a long ass podcast. Holy shit. For the worst division in football. Uh, give me Chris Olave, Kurt. Don't 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 do it to me. Fire the cannons, baby. Let's go, Bucks. Yeah, it's gonna be pure domination by the Bucks. Uh, shout out to my boy Arthur Smith. Please grow a beard. I had a baby 
a month ago i haven't shaved since just take my you know take my advice just grow that beard out and just never shave it like don't even trim it just keep it going so we don't see that beard anything else all right folks i swear we'll be more succinct in future future weeks i did not realize we went 95 minutes tonight holy shit all right fellas sports cap radio good night <laughs>